KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Monday, November 21st. A former deputy public defender is suing San Diego County for wrongful termination. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. Governor Gavin Newsom has agreed to release a billion dollars in funding for homeless programs in several cities across the state, including here in San Diego. But he wants cities to get more aggressive in trying to solve the crisis. Earlier this month, Newsom put a pause on the funds, telling cities to do better. Homeless advocate Michael McConnell says that move could be a wake-up call for city governments. I think it's time to quit patting people on the back and saying you're doing a great job and doing exactly what the governor did and said, whoa, y'all aren't doing a very good job. Let's rethink this. Todd Gloria was one of several big city mayors who met with Newsom Friday. The San Diego International Airport was ranked the second-best medium-sized airport in the country. The Wall Street Journal used a number of metrics, including on-time arrivals and departures. 83% of flights leave on time from our airport. That will be put to the test this week, traditionally the busiest travel time of the year. Airport officials say the busiest travel day will be the Sunday after Thanksgiving, followed closely by this Wednesday. The 2022 FIFA World Cup kicked off yesterday. There will be 64 games played throughout the event in and around Doha in Qatar. Three of those games are scheduled for today. If you want to get out and watch the World Cup, there will be tons of watch parties in the area. For a list, visit kpbs.org slash World Cup. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. A supervisor in the San Diego County Public Defender's Office is accused of using racist terminology. Those allegations are scheduled to be aired in Superior Court soon. KPBS investigative reporter Amitha Sharma has details. In August 2020, Andre Bollinger, a black Latino lawyer, spoke during a Zoom meeting at the Public Defender Association of San Diego County. He told board members they were alienating attorneys of color. Board member and senior public defender supervisor Sherry Stone allegedly responded by calling Bollinger lazy. 
Colleagues say Bollinger is a well-respected and talented trial attorney, but Stone reportedly continued to attack him. She allegedly said, how dare he try to lynch her or the PDA board, given his low acumen and poor performances. The shilling. There's a reason why hate speech is outlawed, and that's because it has a chilling impact. It prevents others from exercising that right to speech, and this had exactly that impact. Former Deputy Public Defender Zach Davina was in that meeting. His co-workers were outraged over Stone's alleged comments. They came to Davina because he is a member of the union's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. I'm a white guy. I don't have the history of lynching like other folks, people of color do. And so the first thing I did was listen. And then he says he and fellow DEI committee members recommended that Stone receive diversity training. About how that was an act of aggression and also that her role as a supervisor should be reconsidered, never asking her to lose her job. Davina believes his recommendation ultimately cost him his job. About a month later, Davina says Stone sat on his tenure review panel and told him, I want you to know that slights against co-workers will come back to bite you. And how did you interpret that? Exactly how she meant it. Davina believes he also ran afoul of management months earlier when he came out as gay to an LGBTQ panel. In doing so, he said the public defender office had not always been so welcoming to people like him. He says the backlash was immediate. I had supervisors reach out directly and express their concern about me bringing up that statement and sort of critiquing the office in that sense. Still, Davina says he had only received stellar performance reviews, so he expected more of the same in October 2020 when he went before the tenure review panel. He was wrong. Almost, I would say, the second or maybe third question after how are you was, you're pretty, sorry, um, you're pretty animated and flamboyant. Don't you think that hurts your clients? Which... I don't know how to describe <laughs> how that felt. <laughs> but Davina says he knew what it meant. You are too much. You are too gay. You are too different. He was crushed. I thought, I believed that if I did everything I could for my clients, if I put everything into the job, it would be the time where my work would matter and who I am wouldn't be the determining factor. Davina says supervisors then approached him in November 2020 with an ultimatum, quit or be fired. He says they told him he was not a good fit for the office's culture. Davina is suing the county for wrongful termination. Former Deputy Public Defender Michelle Reynoso has filed a similar lawsuit. She declined to speak to KPBS. KPBS reached out to Stone, Public Defender Randy Mize, and San Diego County Council for comment. The county says it looks forward to bringing these cases to a jury to hear the facts. Davina's trial is scheduled to start next month. Reynoso's is in February. Lawyer Christopher Ludmer represents both attorneys. He says the allegations in their cases don't align with the values of the Public Defender Office. The fact that the type of discrimination and retaliation that the public defender's office carried out against Zach was done by lawyers makes this case even worse. Amitha Sharma, KPBS News.
Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg came back to San Diego County Friday for the second time in less than a month. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayers says he came for a look at the work underway to make the region's fourth border crossing a reality. Every year, billions of dollars in trade goods pass through San Diego County's three ports of entry along the border with Mexico. On Friday, U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg came back to San Diego to highlight the funding and construction of what will be a fourth port of entry. It's expected to drastically reduce wait times and help cut down on carbon emissions from idling vehicles. A new inspection facility for commercial trucks, 10 new lanes for incoming vehicles, state-of-the-art inspection equipment, zero-emissions chargers for staff vehicles, and state-of-the-art technology designed to make the entire operation safer and more efficient. Buttigieg says President Biden's infrastructure package included $150 million for the Otay Mesa East project. The new port of entry is expected to be completed in the fall of 2024. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. New research out of San Diego finds climate researchers may have underestimated the speed and impact of greenhouse gas emissions on the climate. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson says the interplay between clouds and pollution may have masked global warming impacts. Air pollution may have played a key role in the speed of global warming over the last 150 years. Casey Wall is a University of Oslo postdoctoral researcher who began investigating the issue in San Diego. Wall and other scientists reviewed historical data on clouds and aerosol pollution. The ones in particular that we're interested in are uh, sulfate aerosols, and these are small particles on which cloud droplets uh, can form. Wall says those records indicate pollution may have created more cloud cover, which masked the impact greenhouse gases have on the climate. We can reduce uncertainty in the aerosol cooling effect. It gives us a better understanding of how sensitive the climate is to changes in greenhouse gases, which then helps us to predict what long-term climate change uh, changes we can expect. That means researchers may be underestimating how quickly the climate is warming, and current warming predictions may have to be increased by a half a degree. Scripps Institution of Oceanography researcher Nick Lutzko says the difference is dramatic. It's sometimes surprising for people to think that air pollution is is counteracting global warming to some extent, but you know, really want to emphasize that air pollution is really bad for society and for ecosystems and stuff, so we should definitely focus on cleaning it up. The findings appear in the current edition of the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Coming up, our KPBS team shares some Thanksgiving tips, traditions, and recipes ahead of the holiday. We'll have that and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.
SDSU has created the Center for Tobacco and the Environment to examine the health and environmental effects of tobacco products. KPBS SciTech reporter Thomas Fudge has more. San Diego State faculty have been involved in lots of research on tobacco pollution, like examining parks and beaches to collect and count what seemed like an infinite number of cigarette butts. The university created the Center for Tobacco and the Environment to give the research a home. Georg Mott is the center's director and a psychology professor at SDSU. He says the center's mission is... To examine and then hopefully find solutions to this very serious problem that exists outdoors in terms of tobacco product waste, as well as indoors in terms of tobacco smoke toxic residue. That toxic residue where tobacco smoke becomes embedded in carpets and drywall is often called third-hand smoke. Lydia Greiner, also a psychology professor at San Diego State, says people who have bought pre-owned homes have described it to her. We can see on the walls where there are stains, where the pictures were removed. We can also smell an overwhelming smell of tobacco smoke. The smell actually represents toxic chemicals. Mott says the Center for Tobacco and the Environment is funded entirely by grants that fund the research. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. Environmental groups are celebrating San Diego's passage of a ban on single-use plastics. KPBS reporter Melissa May tells us what it will mean for the environment. The new law covers a long list of polystyrene products that will be off-limits, including items for food service, ice chests, and even some pool toys. City departments won't be able to buy such products, and a food vendor can only offer single-use utensils and straws upon request. The Surfrider Foundation has been working on this ordinance since 2018, and their San Diego County Policy Coordinator, Mitch Silverstein, says plastic makes up more than 80% of what they find during beach cleanups. Times have changed. Public perception and awareness of the plastic pollution issue has increased exponentially. Unfortunately, the problem is increasing exponentially as well. So it makes it even more important for us and for communities to take action. The ordinance goes into effect on April 1st, 2023. But there will be a one-year delay for small businesses making less than $500,000 a year, plus hardship exemptions for some businesses. Melissa May, KPBS News. So the holiday season sparks different memories for each and every one of us. With Thanksgiving only a couple days away, we asked the newsroom to share their traditions, favorite foods and recipes. What are the things that make the holiday special to them? And here's what they said. Hi, my name is Ben. I work in the KPBS newsroom. I like to go and visit the beach uh, every Thanksgiving. Uh, Most Thanksgivings, I'll head down there kind of around midday to to relax and uh, soak up the atmosphere. It's usually very low key, not a lot of crowds, not a lot of traffic. Uh, It's really relaxed and you'll see a mix of locals and tourists just sort of hanging out and uh, doing their thing. Uh, Usually I just stroll the boardwalk between Pacific Beach and Mission Beach. Uh, Sometimes you'll even see big banquet tables set up for people who Um, I'm guessing just eat their Thanksgiving dinner right there out on the sand. It's kind of a unique and definitely a San Diego way to enjoy the holiday atmosphere. Hi everyone, I'm Emmeline Mohebi and I'm the producer for the KPBS San Diego News Now podcast that you're listening to now. 
The holiday season is my favorite time of year, and one thing I love to always do around this time is make sure our home is filled with holiday scents. The cozy holiday scents just bring up so many memories for me, so one tradition that I've been doing every year, which has been a hit in our home, is creating my own holiday scent. So what I do every Thanksgiving is I boil water in a stock pot, and then I add fresh cinnamon sticks, fresh sliced oranges, fresh cranberries, and a teaspoon of vanilla extract into the pot of boiling water, and that just creates a cozy Thanksgiving aroma throughout the house. I leave the pot on the stove and you can smell the aroma throughout the entire house and it never fails. The first thing our guests say when they arrive for Thanksgiving lunch is it smells so good in here. So I wanted to share this tradition with you all so that you can try it too. Happy Thanksgiving! Hi, this is Jacob Ayer. I'm a reporter at KPBS and for Thanksgiving, a tradition that I have is with my family, we always make homemade herb rolls. They are one of the best parts. They smell so good while they're cooking. And of course, they taste amazing. And they're even great for the day after when you can make your turkey cranberry sandwiches. Hi, I'm John Carroll, KPBS anchor and reporter. I love Thanksgiving for a few reasons. Certain family friends always have Thanksgiving dinner at our house, so that's always a really good time. Food-wise, I'm not exactly what you'd call adept in the kitchen, but fortunately, my youngest brother Paul is a chef. He makes a number of items for the big meal, but one I can always count on, and love, a lot, is his mashed potatoes. Not quite sure how he does it, but he blends this and that in with the potatoes to make them the most airy, tasty carbohydrates a human could ever want to taste. That is a big part of what makes Thanksgiving special for me. Hello, this is Terrence Shepard. I'm news director at KPBS. One of my favorite holiday dishes is for Kentucky bourbon sweet potatoes. Now, the bourbon needs to be from Kentucky, as I am. Otherwise, this complete exercise is bogus. So you need three and a half pounds of yams or sweet potatoes, a cup of brown sugar, a third of a cup of bourbon, depending on your taste, half a cup of butter, half teaspoon of vanilla, and two cups of mini marshmallows. Some people skip the mini marshmallows because it makes the dish too sweet. That's your prerogative. Turn the oven on to 350. Cook the potatoes for six minutes in your microwave. Then you want to drain the liquid from the potatoes. Add in the sugar, bourbon, butter, and vanilla. Then you mash it all up, and you can even put it in the blender to make it smooth and creamy. Put the mixture into a two-quart baking dish. Put marshmallows on top, and then bake it for about 25 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, or until the marshmallows are a golden brown color. And voila, you've got a fantastic holiday dish appropriate for every single meal. Hi, I'm Beth Accomando, KPBS arts and culture reporter, and one of my annual traditions is doing Hobbit meals. This is when I cook all seven of the Hobbit meals, and then we watch the extended cuts of all three Lord of the Rings films. And I'll tell you, it's not easy to eat like a Hobbit. You basically have to be eating every two hours. But I found a Middle-Earth cookbook online, and a lot of these recipes work really well for Thanksgiving. One of my favorites is Balin's Beef. So this is where you take a tri-tip and you marinate it for at least 24 hours. Two to three days is even better. It takes a full bottle of red wine as well as apple cider and white onions and herbs and spices. 
Then you cook it for three hours, and you can even cook it outside on a barbecue so that you can keep your oven open to still do a turkey. So Hobbit meals work great anytime. And then you also have the Tolkien quote, which is, if more of us valued food and cheer and song above hoarded gold, it would be a merrier world. So make your Thanksgiving a little merrier. This is Tanya Thorne, and I cover North County for KPBS News. Now that I have three little ones, I am trying to start more traditions in my home when the holidays come around. So I started making an ofrenda for Dia de los Muertos. And now that we've reached Thanksgiving, I am starting to make buñuelos with them, which is like a crispy fried sweet dessert um, in a lot of Mexican households. But I actually found some cute molds on Amazon. Amazon and the kids just look forward to making them and adding the sprinkled cinnamon sugar on top. So that's something that I look forward to making uh, with my kids every year. I hope I can keep it in my family for many years to come and maybe it's something they will pick up when they have a family of their own. Hi, I'm Laura McCaffrey. I'm one of the web producers at KPBS. So my family and I, we used to do the traditional Thanksgiving dinner thing with turkey in my case, tofurkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, etc. But since losing both of our parents, my brother and sister and I, we've started celebrating in ways that don't remind us of how we used to celebrate with our parents. So last year we got sushi. This year we're going to get Chinese food. But we're still celebrating together, which I don't think that's ever going to change. You know, hearing these gives me that special feeling we get during the holidays, the warmth of family and friends, and I hope you are planning on spending your holiday with those you hold dear. We'd love to hear about your Thanksgiving traditions and favorite recipes. Call us at 619-452-0228 and leave a voice message with your first and last name, your neighborhood, and what you'd like to share with us. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great day.